out and about, outdoors, climbing up Alley Pally to meet Aaron for our very first uh, podcast together since since lockdown. We're going to do it on a park bench somewhere, like a couple of old drunks. Uh, just got to find out where he is. Aaron, I am, if you look at the BBC Tower um, <clears throat> and then just head towards, this, towards the London skyline, just walk down, I'm under a tree. I'm just lying under a tree like a broken man. Okay, see you in a bit. Ta-ta. I just came up there. Did you? All the way up there. It's a broken man. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing? All right, yeah, good. Yeah. yeah, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm okay, just chilling under a tree. We're going to be taking yeah. the progress of our black comedy feature film. Who are you, by the way? Oh. Nobody, nobody knows who we are. <laughs> what this is, is a DIY cinema podcast for DIY filmmakers. The idea is that you don't wait for permission, you just start. This is our first feature film, something we're going to do together. Uh, you're going to get it warts and all. <laughs> <laughs> so we just go into it. I kind of think we could. This is DIY Cinema Cult. Hello, mate. How are you? I can actually see your face. I know we are literally looking at each other. It's it's all, almost almost quite romantic. <laughs> There's not a sort of rectangle around your face anymore. We are under a little tree. Yeah, it's like a little a lovely little picnic scene, isn't it? It is. There's a few, yeah a few kind of um, canoodling couples. I know. Uh, obviously, uh, I don't think we've got long enough to get that far because we've got work to do this afternoon. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And uh, I think I'm still actually breaking social distancing guide guidelines if we start canoodling yes coming from different houses and everything yeah so we're one meter plus currently yeah we're doing um, we're, i think we're keeping quite well so this you, is our first so this is our first podcast together since our first lockdown. our first in-person podcast yeah, yeah the number since. five was called which does make me laugh still lockdown special like we yeah. thought it might be one off a one off <laughs> <laughs> and it was quite a lot off. So, but we haven't quite gone back to the shed yet. In fact, this is the first time that I have recorded any podcast elements outside of the shed. So I'm feeling a little bit of a fish out of water. Maybe in the future when we do lovely interviews with, with interesting people, we can go out and about and meet them in their, meet. in their home habitat, in their natural yeah. habitat. Or in public houses. The, yeah. I hear such talk of these things. I know. Apparently they're coming back into fashion. Apparently so. Well, I think it's going to be slow on the uptake a little bit. Yeah. Um, but we're, so we're sort of uh, we're filling in the, the blanks a little bit in the public house department because um, you've already opened a beer. I, I've gone just for for beer. In in I just thought lying in the grass drinking a beer. What could be finer? It's, you've gone for a very. You look like you've. Um, I mean. You have made that yourself at home. Well, it's definitely, it's a homemade pre-made. So it's the, uh, my current favourite, favorite, the uh, the Lemon Gordons. Nice. Which I think I did have a little tipple of on an earlier episode with uh, a bit of Fever Fee Tronic Tonic. Oh, lovely. Again, you know, happy to sponsor this podcast yes. if wishes, if, if they wish. But um, uh, down the hatch, I think. Yeah, a little cheers. Sip. Chin Thank chin. you very much. Good to see you. So what have you been up to, Mark? I've been working away. It was fun. It was. I've had a lot of work on, and it was funny. Today went a bit hectic and stressy, mm. and I was trying to rush to get out, and Debbie was like saying to me, are you going to have to cancel the podcast there and then? I was like, no, I don't. Want, obviously don't want to. I'm gonna, and I did just try and squeeze a load of work in. And as I was walking up here, it did make me smile because this little part of our work that we do um, can seem like a bit of a nonsense sometimes because it doesn't earn us any money. But yet, Mark, yet I, I, I think I think that in the long run, 
you know, this is probably the most important thing we do work-wise currently. I think I think you're right. I, I was uh, interesting. There, I was having a conversation with uh, David Cecil today. Who ah, nice. Because obviously you sent what me a wonderful over interview the, last uh, sent me last time. The, yeah, a very interesting fellow. Who um, I was chatting to him about, you know, what the important things that you should do are. Yes. You know, and he and he said something again, you know, very wise. He just said, "Well, just keep meeting people. Yeah. Keep meeting people. Keep chatting. Keep talking about your project." Yeah. Because in the end, if you don't uh, get it out there in some way or another, it will never happen. Keeps it live. So in a way, it? that's what we're doing. We're keeping going. Is yeah. Along with our ethos, ethos of uh, EOI and Just Start, well, we've just yeah. started. And the next part of the Just Start process is to keep going. Yeah. And what we talked about in, in the pub very early on when we talked about doing this podcast and other things, other efforts aside, was that just by talking about it, you bring it into, you kind of drag it kicking and screaming into reality. A little bit like God did in the whole universe. Yes, apparently. the creation of in the seven universe. Days. Unfortunately, we're a bit slower than the big man. It's not going to take us seven than days. The big man. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that we, we were right just by talking about it, making, making, you know, making something out of nothing. Making something out of nothing. You are listening to the debut feature film podcast. This is DIY Cinema Cult. I was reading um, the scripts you sent over. Oh, yeah. So, oh, you, uh, so you've read the old man's scripts. Yeah, so Mark <gasps> sent over Ooh. the, I guess, I don't know what draft they are, of the the uh, the new, well, uh, should we say new project? I would say side project. Side project. Uh, other other idea that I'd say that it's Mark's kind of a stepping, stepping stone sounds like a horrible thing. I think yeah. it's because we were talking about doing something that was a... Um, thing we could kind of get going on straight away achievable that would, that would lead up to routine yeah and also we were saying that looking at our past projects we've got a bunch of shorts that look great uh, but there's no immediate link to what we've done before to routine as a feature film you know our, our, my recent film was a documentary yeah and it's always helpful when you're trying to get funding for a feature just for people to not, not have to do, have too much brain power in imagining what you're capable of. Yeah. And unfortunately, we didn't have stuff ready that was just felt lively and current that would sell in the tone that we're going for with routine. So the old man's kind of an attempt at, at that. Really. Yeah. And I mean, I thought it's a very interesting script. I was kind of... Uh... Uh, I, I haven't quite got to the last episode, as it were. So I've, I yeah. read the first seven or six, I think, yeah. out of the eight. Uh, and uh, it's got a nice pace. There's a sort of pathos, yes. a kind of um, a slow burn, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, and very character driven. So you're going to talk yeah, a little bit about well, that? Well, yes. Uh, what happens in it is two brothers go to the Lake District to scatter the ashes of their recently deceased dad yeah. at the top of a mountain up there. And then once I finished writing the script and got it how I wanted it, I was like, right, minimum, we're going to have to get seven people yeah. up to the lakes for a week, full board and food. And I just and thought... And there's a few pub scenes and, and a few pub scenes. And hunters I, and here I just and there. thought, I don't think I can swing that in the current climate and my financial uh, status. Uh, and then I sent, a, I sent an email to you, didn't I, didn't I, saying, look, you know, is making something a little... I mean, it's not never going to be big budget. No. But do you really want to get involved in something that could take money out of the pot for routine, essentially? Yeah. Um, so what I'm doing is I'm doing a rewrite where I'm doing a, a bit more of the DIY of make use of what you've got. Mm. Instead of doing this kind of bibli slightly biblical thing where two brothers walk up epic a mountain. Quest. Yeah. It's less epic quest. If we just normalise it so much so that the dad loved the caravan and he just wants his ashes scattered at the caravan. Yeah, uh, and that's where the brothers head to, and just by making it so domestic in that sense, almost made it funnier. And so mm -hmm. I think the rewrites are going to be like that, make it something that we can just do over a couple of weekends. Yeah, it's going to cost us not so much money, and by cutting all the budget troubles out of it and logistics, we can just really focus down on the performances and the acting. It's very. It feels like to me that it would be all about the chemistry of the lead too. Yeah. Uh, and how they differentiate as characters because they're yeah. both sort of, uh, you know, they're both a bit screwed up in their own different ways, aren't they? And yeah. kind of, I think what would bring that to life is having uh, two actors that are clearly chalk and cheese in some ways because they're brothers, yeah. relatively close in age, but 
Um, They're like two sides of the same coin, in a uh, sense. Yeah, one's the more wild one, and one's the more kind of... Uh, how would you describe him? I'd, I'd think of him as kind of um, a little bit repressed, he's maybe. kind of repressed, and he's trying to live by certain certain rules that he doesn't even... He's not sure if he believes in himself. But he... Um, the thing I like about the way the script is is that there's a there's a big third character, which is the dad, who is dead. He's clearly ashes in a, in a container. But you kind of learn about him through the script, through, the, through script. the story. Yeah. And his and then through learning about him, you learn more about the, the brothers. And so it's this almost like wait, you know, it's kind of a, it's 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 a character that is that you learn through his absence. Yeah. What this man was like, and then you learn about his impact on the sons, and it's very much about your legacy as a human being. What do you what what difference you make and yeah. what, what you leave behind? Yeah, for good and good and bad. The dad wasn't a great dad, so what he leaves behind is these two boys who are off off on a little mission to scatter his ashes. And what strikes me is that uh, even though he wasn't a great dad, they, they still both pine for his approval in some way yes. or another. It's very yes, exactly. He favoured the younger son and 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 did not really chime at all with the older son. And the older son's become the problem child subsequently. He's the rock and roller. And and it's still very much a raw a raw nerve on for both of them. You know, the younger son kind of held up his dad as a bit of a uh, bit, bit of a, a legend. Uh, or, or just loved him. He just loved the, the dad very much, whereas the older son has contempt for him. What, what struck me was that, in terms of, you know, with my producer's hat on, was that, mm. uh, and also thinking about that maybe the format in which this comes out, yeah. that if we were thinking of it along the lines of a, of a web series, and it'd be interesting to hear what other people think of in terms of web series. Yeah. Do they follow web series? Mm. So if any of our listeners, you know, are hooked on a web series or or something of a more short-form nature, episodic short-form, mm. you know, what the kind of uh, points that really hook people in are. Yeah. And I wondered, although I think um, I think it works really nice as an episodic uh, build, uh, it struck me, my, my major concern, I suppose, was do we start off with a bang enough? Mm, mm. As in, in episodic stuff, you kind of know that you need some kind of... Um, uh, cliffhanger yeah, where you want to yeah. leave people wanting the next thing but, but people's attention spans are very short particularly yeah. if we're thinking of this as an episodic you know uh, YouTube or the like series what do you think about that about sort of do you need to hook people in in some way or do we hope that the performances uh, do that job for you is there something you need to write into the script to, yeah, to do that I mean very possibly I mean, I have given some thought to that in the sense that, you know, each episode has a subtle story, has a story arc, some some more subtle than others. And then obviously the whole thing on a whole is a story arc. Yeah. It's but, almost like episode one. Mm. How, do you, how do you make sure in episode one that people are looking, are going to sit through that 12 minutes or whatever yeah, it is? Yeah, yeah. Because, we, you know, you know what it's like. There's a million and one things to look at. Mm. And actually... Weirdly, people do have 10, 15 minutes of YouTube time in their day. Actually, people often have more than that. Yeah. But they're often for things that are, like we've mentioned before, you know, kind of snappy and poppy. So they're like, oh, I'm going to watch a tutorial on how to, uh, you know, uh, put a raised bed in my garden. Yeah. Or I'm going to um, watch this kind of top 10 kind of, uh, yeah. you know, horror movies or whatever. So people are actually used to... You, you, consuming things in that bite-sized quantity. I can, see, I can see what you mean, because we're competing with all of those lovely kind of eyeball-chewing gum stuff. The eyeball stuff, yeah, the and, eyeball gobblers. And our film will be two guys having a bit of a shit time in a caravan, maybe. Yeah. But in that sense, maybe it's just the flip side of YouTube. Is there, like, is there an antidote to it? Well, this is true. I'm thinking a little bit of that Louis C.K. sitcom he did, where it was just some of it was... Um, incredible. Some yeah. of it was just silence and kind of. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, it was Louis always, C.K. who sort of dropped off the uh, radar a little yeah, bit because I mean, of not, uh, not, behaviours not, that we can't face. condone in some way. <laughs> but it was almost a bit zen, his uh, sitcom. Yeah, yeah. And we've talked about the, um, you know, Vic and Bob kind yeah. of style and that, you know, in previous episodes, sort of the fact that, you know, current generations, like you were talking about, your boys uh, consuming things that are so fast paced and so yeah. heavy cutted and um, so much eye candy that it's going to create an attention deficit kind yeah, of generation. Yeah. Whereas our generation, you know, 
the acid house generation. Yeah. Uh, we're used to things being a slow burn, a, a sort of um, repetitiveness, some, yeah. a, a certain so degree maybe of we go slowness. the other way. Maybe we say, yeah, we probably should have a big bang built in at the end of episode one, but maybe we don't. Yeah. I mean, in a, it's almost the start of episode one. It's yeah. how am I going to know in the foot? Because they often say people's attention span on the internet is eight seconds. Yeah. So how am I going to know? Whether it's, you know, that might be to do with casting. And again, you know, uh -huh. we're thinking of David's um, message about the no cast projects and whether, yeah. you know, we have an inbuilt audience based upon the uh, cast, as in yeah. people are going to watch this because they love those, the, they're excited to see the chemistry of those lead characters and the lead and the actors playing them. Or whether it's something to do with the plot, something to yeah. do with the, the dynamics of the story that happens very early on. back to our episode with, with David uh, yesterday, just checking it through, and um, I loved what he was saying about the anarchic democratic structures within the party scene. Yeah. Um, because what he was describing is exactly what we were talking about really early on, about pirate code. Yeah. Uh, you know, this anarchic democratic system that has to be there in place to hold everything together. But you know, it's it rails against an out, in a, you know, a larger system, you know, a, a larger set of laws, authority, um, uh, and I just loved, I kind of loved everything he was saying because it really rung true with a film crew and what we have to, to do yes. in order to get a film made. The film is the important thing, and we need those structures to hold the film together. But outside of that, we've got to be open to breaking rules and kind of pushing ourselves through. Yeah. And I mean, the you know, there's a, a common misconception about anarchy generally, yeah. that it's all about no rules at all. Yes. And actually it's not. As You know, the utopian idea of anarchy, as far as I've understood it, and again, I'm sure there are people much more expert and well-read about this stuff than me, but the understanding is that it's actually systems that are set up and they're just established by, by kind of committee, really. Everybody yeah. decides, oh, this is what we're going to do together and so let's do this it's not saying there's no rules it's actually saying now let's just establish the rules together that we're all happy with yeah yeah absolutely so yeah, i'm wondering about uh yeah the the next phase of of uh, old man and then and then also we were talking about um about kind of uh thinking more now we're able to get out of our homes and yeah. walk around thinking more about the location of uh, routine yeah because i think that's something we both got from our last bunch of interviews because that's been lovely about the whole lockdown thing. We've had these lovely kind of chats with people and the kind of podcast has really taken off in that way. And it's given us lots of food for thought. And one of those big things is you've got to have your location. It gives you that and freedom and the scope and the various options yes. in terms of, of you and know, maybe inside, even, outside. And maybe even influence the story. You know, if yeah. we find a great place, it's like, right, okay, this is this is a stand-up gig in a church. Brilliant. That's, that's, well, that's yeah. the way it's going to go. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's true. I think we need to start. I, I guess the two things are location and cast, isn't it? Now, yeah, we can start that right now. Even though we could noodle around with another couple of drafts, but I think there's enough there. It feels yeah, like there's plenty there to get our I teeth think, into. I think locations and uh, and cast really are key now. Getting people in because I think it feels great. I found it with old man just getting actors a bit interested and excited, and chatting to them. And then you can get them, they'll have input on the script and they will might turn the corner once they start getting involved with the well, character. Well, I think particularly with comedy actors, because they're so um, yeah. keen to riff. Mm. And in a way, you, it's almost like a, a no-lose situation for, for a writer. As in, here's the story, here's, the, here's some of my jokes, here's some of my funny bits. Yeah. If you can make some better stuff, well, it will go in. Yeah. It'll just go in there. If if it's not good, as good as the script, well, we'll just do the script. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I mean, you know, having uh, been involved as a second unit on a on a comedy on one of Hadi Hajjaj's films, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was interesting seeing that, particularly the comedy actors amongst the cast, always kind of would say, "Is this the last take?" And yeah. you know, the director would say, "Yeah," and they say, "Okay, can I just sort of try something out?" So the actors would always want to kind of go off the rails and do yeah, something. Yeah. And it probably meant totally improvising around the script, maybe even 
you know, going from a two-minute scene to an eight-minute scene. Yes. And it, a nightmare for the editor. <laughs> but you never know. You might get that one piece of genius that can only come from a kind of riffing comedian, a comedian who's in the flow. Yeah. Uh, and unlikely to just accidentally come off the pen of a writer because it's all about what that character is feeling in that moment and the talents that an actor might have comedy actor particularly in absolutely. being able to riff from an audience or a situation absolutely and, and you know some of those funny moments are going to come they can only come from a, com uh, a comedy performer and a writer might not necessarily be able to to get that across yeah uh, as much as you know you need it happens in a lot of american comedy movies doesn't it where they they clearly have a pocket of improv a little improv yeah zone where like your will ferrells can just go crazy for a bunch of takes yeah you're not going to get will ferrell on a film and not let him do some improv because <laughs> you know that yeah. you're going to get 35 percent whatever more yeah. out of your your film because he's just really good at making it up as he goes along. yeah yeah so yeah. somehow kind of tapping into that uh it, i think is going to be quite important for both these scripts I, th I think definitely i can see us doing that and it's just the way we structure the shoot as well we'll get a bunch of takes where we get what we want we get the script and then we just have a couple of punk takes where it's like, right, okay, yeah. here we go. Let's just go, you know, work around the lines or do a bit of imp improvisation or, yeah. or, or what have you. I've, I've noticed the, the one Stop. downside of, 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 of being, being outside and doing your podcast. Are you, getting, are you getting it's, it's wet? It's raining. <laughs> we, we are under a lovely tree. So I'm just going to rearrange slightly and put my jacket on yeah. so you can tell this, this is definitely outside. <laughs> I think one of the other things I thought would be good for us to chat about is, um, is you know, we obviously talked about the kind of the funding potential through the through the uh, uh, the likes of you know arts organisations, arts yeah. funding, etc. But we've been chatting kind of quite a bit more seriously about crowdfunding uh, recently as, a, have, as an yeah. option. Uh, potentially, you know, obviously, I'm I'm thinking about it for for my documentary, and I think there's a the good thing about it. It has an inbuilt audience. But uh, how? What do you think about kind of you know crowdfunding and um, and you know building up a, an audience for sort of uh, for routine? I think it's a great idea. I'm a little bit scared about crowdfunding at the moment, only because all crowds have been going through this terrible economic crush at the moment. So. I'm just not sure about people's willingness to invest in. But at the same time, all crowds have been consuming films, True. television, yeah, yeah. podcasts, you know, DVD. Basically, what's kept everybody going yeah. is media, entertainment, music, comedy, etc. So, True. some sense of, of, of course, you know, oh, you know, we're, not, we're of course we're not starving, and we're not um, we're not saving the whales by doing this project. So there's a certain guilt there but at yeah. the same time i think the lockdown has made people realize how important the arts in yes. some way are and they can't all be done for for completely free you know yeah, yeah yeah i mean i'm definitely definitely up for it and i think i and i think you know maybe i'm just being slightly pessimistic about it currently given the climate but you know let's i, I think certainly build up an audience at, towards that because we're gonna have to do that anyway and yeah, I think tapping into the comedy audience, the live comedy audience, there's lots of little pockets there where I think people would find quite a lot of people quite interested in a film. Perhaps you combine the two, so you get you get kind of uh, people on the, on the podcast who can grow the podcast in some way, yes. but can also feed into a new audience or can yeah. kind of, uh, uh, you know, so maybe we need to get somebody from the comedy particularly from the comedy world. Comedy would be great, yeah. Onto the podcast, which would be good. I mean, what, what do you think of the kind of methods? I mean, you know, we talked about building an audience and obviously social media plays a big part of that. But yeah. what do you think of the sort of uh, the methods that you've been reading about to, to sort of successful crowdfunds? Um, well, I mean, you sent through that brilliant video, didn't you? Yeah. I know you've been doing a lot of looking into this. And I thought that video was great because it was just lots of six people have been successful at podcasts talking about it. And 
I think a what, crowd funds. Cr- sorry, crowd funds. What did I say? Podcast. Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the beer's gone to your head. I've, I've heard about these successful podcasts. I'd like to be one one day. <laughs> I want to grow up to be a successful <laughs> podcast, Daddy. <laughs> I'm going to run away and join a podcast. Uh, he's not had much sleep. No, the baby's I, keeping him awake <laughs> and he's had a beer. So it's really, it's his nap time. I'm just going to go sleep under the tree. No, no, everybody. Um... Sorry, yes. From looking at that video, there's this kind of preconception about crowdfunding, mm. uh, both from people outside looking in, but also people who go into setting up their own crowdfunding uh, campaigns, is that it's not as much work as it actually yeah, is. Yeah, I think it's a lot of work. And, you know, p- people can kind of quite, you know, sniff at it and say, oh, well, you know, why don't you just work hard and earn the money? Or why are you asking us to fund your project why can't you get it from somewhere else or apply for some kind of arts fund or what have you and even people going into it think oh well we need five ten grand let's just ask for it you know make a little video and stick up on the internet and bingo the money comes run rolling in yeah and it's very apparent from from a lot of those interviews that it's it's a hell of a task to do and it takes an awful lot of work and manpower and uh, so I think it's that idea of preparation. That's what I drew from that. Mm. We need to be so prepared and have all of our kind of video updates pre-done almost and have it all just kind of ready to go because it is a campaign. You've got a limited time to do it. Yeah. And you can't waste a minute of, of that time really. And, yeah. you know, if we're looking to, if we're going to be raising something in the region of 10 or 20, that's going to be a massive, massive, yeah. massive job to do. And I think um, what, what struck me from doing, you know, good week or two of research um you know the various different platforms etc is um basically below a certain threshold of uh should we say fans or people in these in your kind of networks effectively you're asking your mates and your your parents and your relatives for money that's basically what you do so below a certain level you're effectively you know, shouting out to all your friends, could you just give us some money for, I want to make this film? Yeah. So that's, you know, that's as, as big as it will get. You know, you are very, very unlikely to raise significant amounts because the audience that you're talking about is your mates and your parents and your um, family. So that's yeah. about it. So beyond that, um, what you need to have really is a very large... Um, established group of sort of super fans, if you like, mm-hmm. that are connected to the to project before you even think about launching the thing. Yeah, I mean, a lot of what I've read sort of imply that you know, if you've got a, a Facebook group or an Instagram or what have you, and you've got you know a thousand uh, people on that, well, you, that's bare minimum. Yeah, five thousand. Well, maybe you're, you're starting to kind of yeah, get yeah. somewhere because you've got to think that out of, of out of those 5,000 maybe 10% actually engage regularly yeah, so yeah. out of 5,000 maybe 500 people actually regularly post or or watch what's happening and maybe 1% would actually put their hand in their pocket yeah so if one you know, if you talk about 50 people out of 5,000 and maybe they put a tenner in it's not a lot of money yeah so you know, of course, we all think that, uh, oh, just somebody very wealthy is going to hear about our project and they're just going to go, oh, I love this. There you go. There's all the money you need. Chances are it's just never, that's just not no, the case. it's unrealistic. So so it, it really is about um, establishing that audience and those audience members, you're not taking them for a ride. You want to give them something valuable. What you're giving them yeah. is, um, you know, not just the not just oh hey you're going to have your name on the credits although some people might think that's a bit of a kick what you really want to give them is the feeling of they're building and making <clears throat> a film in some way yeah they're on the inside they're seeing things that other people wouldn't yeah they're invited uh to screenings they uh they see cuts before anybody else it's a feeling of being an insider in a world that they would love to be in yes. anyway and then they become your advocates they become your your uh your kind of cheerleaders so they're pushing it to their friends organically so they're saying i'm i'm involved in this brilliant project i I think you'd love it above that obviously there is also i think it's described as the um organic um 
audiences that would go to something like Kickstarter or <clears throat> Indiegogo or the mm. like to just look at things that are interesting. Yeah. But I don't, I don't think you can rely on those because you're just one of many millions of projects and chances are um, if you haven't got air, all your ducks in a row, you'll just be lost. Yeah. So, there's, so you're absolutely right that it's a sort of a campaign you've got to think of it as like 30 60 whatever days it is of every day pushing mm. out information about it really trying to get advocates trying to get uh people who are who are re sort of respected who have larger followings than you yeah. to kind of push it and you know we all hate this stuff we just want to make films yeah, right yeah. so we we hate the idea of kind of the sell um, so you've got to make it not a sell actually you've got to make it um, you know, not you're not pleading with your audience. Please give me no. some money because that's just a bit embarrassing, th and people yeah, hate that. I, th I think you've you got to make it like we're all in this to get this absolutely. thing done and really give them something valuable as a result. You kind of, you kind of, kind of invite them and welcome them on board the project that they're going to be very, they're going to be such a key part of because without them, there is going to be no film you know so and like you said about the work that's in, involved it's not it's not even just the work during that campaign however many days it is what is a kickstarter campaign 30 days usually kickstarter indiegogo is a little bit less uh, right. structured you can have them uh, i mean kickstarters in a way is the all or nothing yeah and they do think that the that the effect of having a, a deadline that means if you don't hit that budget range and you don't yeah. hit that deadline you lose it all yeah is a galvanizing factor um but yeah. people also have success uh through indiegogo as yeah. well um and there are various other platforms i'm sure our listeners would 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 know about too because it's not even just that 30 days is it it's, i think there's a hell of a lot of work you've got to do in prep for that 30 for sure days. yeah and afterwards as well you've got to have all the all of the kind of um prizes and rewards and involvement kind of uh, yep. benefits you have to be putting them out and whether that's could be anything from t-shirts to sign scripts to photographs to everything that's all got to be produced and and sent out <clears throat> yeah so it's a hell of a hell of a hell of a job what i noticed was uh, looking at sort of successful project it's mad now the weather's all changed and it's all yeah, sunny it's over all sunny, there yeah. it's, we really are outside listeners it's a completely different world all of a sudden um i'm quite hot and sweaty in in my uh wind cheater. um <laughs> looking at some of the successful projects what what struck me was um that uh a lot of them are very genre yeah so successful films tend to be things like a documentary about horror movies right from the 80s yeah so it's like well that's there's a bunch of people that just like that stuff yeah and they they we're raising significant amount of money for these yeah, things. Yeah. Um, obviously, a lot of that would be archived. It's got, it's got a big audience, that kind of stuff. Huge audience. Yeah. So, you know, in a way, if you if you can tap into that audience, and I think this is the key mm. key thing. And again, you know, it's we kind of all cringe a little bit about these sorts of areas of things. But the DIY filmmakers got to be uh, creative entrepreneur as much as a creative yeah. uh, writer or artist yeah. in some ways. But it's definitely about finding that audience uh, and bringing them along and including them and yeah. making them a real part of the whole equation. And bringing value to them. They're not going to get involved just because they're nice people. Uh, no, or they've got a million other bored. things to do. They've got a million other things to do. It's that they, we, can, we can offer them something that they want to be involved in or that yeah. they want to have access to or they want to experience. And it can't um, be bullshit. I think no. that's the thing. A lot of, you know, there is a definite concern that a lot of, you know, Kickstarter, all that kind of stuff has, is, is a little bit scammy or is yeah. it bullshit? So, you know, you've got to, um, you've got to be totally honest, I think, yeah. from the, from the get go. And it feels to me very, uh, in keeping with the cult, the DIY yes. cinema cult, this friendly, inclusive, cinema cult that we are no indoctrination no, but, but no, a cult no. nonetheless you are listening to DIY Cinema Cult Aaron while we're here it's yeah. the first time we've been together he's rustling around in his bag been together and it feels so good Don't, we'll have to pay PRS if you sing any songs <laughs> I've got something because it's the first time I've been together for a long time. This is yeah. what I, this is the present I wanted to give you uh, on episode five. Oh, here you go. <gasps> it's there. It's oh. your DIY cinema cult it's my framed DIY cinema cult logo framed 
design. Oh, it's beautiful. There you go, oh, mate. it's amazing. I absolutely love it. Oh, it's just, it's just there incredible. So Stick that up in the shed. That is so great. I'm going to put that literally opposite where I stare all day in the shed. In fact, I'm going to try and frame it in such a way so that if we do yeah. do a pod uh, shed cast again, it's there. Yeah, it's there. We can see it in the background. I tried to do that in in my bedroom, but it didn't really work. Yeah, it was just kind of it was just up with some kids' clothes, or just something. pants hanging up and uh, <laughs> and dolls. <laughs> oh, that is so yeah. good. Thank you so much, Mark. No worries. I, I mate. love that. And um, I'd like to say we'd give one away as a prize, but they're so special. I'm afraid they're just going to be two of these in the, the world, aren't there, there? There are. Do you know what? There, well, I did do. So, I did do quite a few. We could maybe start <gasps> giving them away as we prizes. We could give them away as a prize. Yeah. Let's let's announce that as a maybe prize. Maybe whoever wins, are they going to want one? Whoever yeah, wins the one minute film are. festival. Oh my God, they are. Of course they are. Oh, okay. Mind we you, the frame them. might be quite expensive. Yeah, they can fucking frame themselves. <laughs> You can pay for a frame. <laughs> a frame costs an additional 25 quid. Uh, but the print. Yeah, we can give them that. That'd be good. Oh, nice. Perfect. So the winner of our, our One Minute Podcast <laughs> on One Minute Film Festival will also receive a beautiful a DIY, DIY cinema, cinema cult. cult print. Maybe we could sign it and say win a winner chicken dinner on it or something. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh, that's a lovely idea. And so, I mean, that is a real prize, that. So we, we, we'll, we'll have to make a bit of a, bit, a deal about that and yeah. just make a little mini promo about yeah, it, I think. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Lovely. Thank you so much, No Mark. problem. You are welcome. I was thinking a lot as well about how we kind of draw a lot of similar, you know, a lot of lines of similarity between what we're doing and what we're setting up to, you know, clearly in our last interview with David Cecil, there's the free party scene and kind of the rave scene and the similarities between that, you know, a sound system and a, and a film crew. And then also I think we're drawing a lot of lines a lot you know we have in the past with you know just other it all seems to be kind of music scenes there's a lot of punk, music yeah um you know all these kind of ideas and maybe because that's in some ways uh, a freer um uh creative endeavor in some ways because you can just get up and do it with a bunch of mates or yourself in a <laughs> I bedroom there a bunch of coconuts there for some reason <laughs> you could just get up and do music with a bunch of coconuts <laughs> well you could you actually could good evening we are called the coconuts <laughs> we'll put the sounds in in post we're not yeah. even in our studio anymore we haven't oh, got yeah. any coconuts I could, yeah I can do sound I can do sound effects just with my mouth <laughs> um, yeah but I think but right. it's, it's interesting we've been drawing all these kind of comparisons with 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 music and it's even like you know like you get like like grime and stuff which you know those those guys had you know and i love that kind of example because it's very uk based they yeah. literally had no representation in the mainstream music scene yeah and now you've got guys like you know dizzy rascal Stormzy, Stormzy who yeah. are now mainstream and they've completely taken it they yeah. flipped the whole script to use kind of love it yeah you just like you were doing a bit of grime there yeah? <laughs> a bit of rapping flip the script <laughs> no, you're, you're right and, then, and the, the, the the it's there's an old marxist term isn't there which is uh, you, you you have to regain the, the uh, means of production and yeah. this is where the you know the workers need to unite to regain the means of production and in a way the liberating side of technology for musicians has been well that laptop i can just produce an album on yeah. that so it's been that but what what is interesting interestingly changed and it, you know it, to some degree that's also the case with mm. with films because you can get a camera you can get a laptop you can get a copy of final cut or whatever it is that you can get you know da vinci whatever is free and you can kind of make a film but where where the um where you know the idea used to be at the means of production it's the means of distribution is still yeah. the dark art 
And this is where social media, in a way, has, to some degree, withheld and empowered yeah. individuals from being completely um, DIY. Because, yes, you can DIY a uh, following through your Instagram, through your Facebook, uh, through your YouTube. But the real winners of those is still YouTube, Facebook and yeah, Instagram. Yeah, exactly. And, and I, f- I feel a bit like... You know, with with music, you can kind of start making your music and you can go out and get some gigs in some venues and kind of communicate with an audience. Not quite at the moment, but certainly... No, no, in in the old world, you could. Uh, Whereas still with film, it's still tied into this very antiquated idea of a film industry. Yeah. Uh, And there's a big, there's this huge dinosaur kind of lolloping along this kind of film industry. And, you know, and of course we have YouTube and things now. But, you know that kind of democracy that's created by the, the technology it um I, d- I don't know if it's for some reason for me it just feels like music seems to be more immediate whereas yeah. film maybe it's because you have to hustle a lot more people together it's a lot much slower lot, process lots of disciplines that have to harmonize and chime together in order to get a, a decent film you know i think people will say well you know film can't work in the same way as music so those comparisons you're drawing aren't really accurate but I, I kind of think it can yeah i kind of think we can do something along those lines i think there's definitely lessons to be learned from the from you know the punk the diy the the free party the the um the kind of energy that that, that those scenes uh and the kind of outlook and attitude that those scenes kind of have have created and you know yeah. like you said hip-hop grime uh, you know, these things where you can do it in your bedroom, you get a couple of mates together, you get a laptop, you get a, a, a microphone, you can make it. Um, uh, and the film, you know, certainly what I've noticed interestingly connected to that is that maybe not in narrative filmmaking, but uh, when I uh, have been renting out equipment, because it's a little yeah. side hustle, I used to rent out my kit when it was sat on the shelf. And a lot of the guys that were coming to um, rent out the kit were doing music videos. Yeah. And so they were probably knocking out a music video for, you know, because there was a time not so long ago, music videos you get budget for a million quid for, you know, yeah. back in the 90s. Uh, these days, clearly not. And we've both dabbled in music videos ourselves, haven't we? Yeah. And, um, but these guys are, are probably putting music videos together for a grand. Mm-hmm. and they're renting my camera and maybe some lenses or a gimbal or something like that and they're doing a video and they're not they're not asking for permission they're going yeah. to the top of somebody's block of flats and they're shooting it up there and we have no idea because it's not our demographic of of the reach that these guys have got yeah but they've got some of these guys have got 100,000, 200,000, 500,000 followers. Yeah. And as a result, they've got, they have got a little industry of their own. They've created uh-huh. their own scene. Now, whether that translates into money or, or, or what have you, I don't know. But certainly influence. Uh, and, mm. and it's a small leap, I think, from that, which is, you know, still music related, but obviously the visual, televisual side of it, mm-hmm. to narrative filmmaking, uh, which still, you're right, does exist in this world of you're reliant on the distribution and now obviously the streamers have taken over to a certain extent, the Amazons and the Netflix. And although it seems very achievable to get your stuff up on as Amazon yeah. and iTunes, so you can do that, nobody knows it's there. Yeah. Nobody knows it's there. So unless you massively, massively push your project and that it's in people's eyes and people have heard about it. This is the old marketing well, and PR and uh, the machine still has the power of that unless you've got money to push it yourself in some way. Well, this is it. I mean, going back to the kind of uh, the grime scene again, you know, they had they had complete communication with the audience. And in fact, yeah, the direct. audience were making the music and it was a complete circle. Whereas for, you know, for us doing it in film terms, like I said, there is this still kind of antiquated industry model, which is now, you know, we've got things like YouTube and Amazon, but they're just becoming the, they're just becoming the, 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 the model, the, 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 the yeah, new the, version of the studios. The, they're the BBC or they're, they're, yeah, they're the... Yeah, exactly. Um, so, you know... They're you, the big, yeah, big film distributors. And there's no kind of revolution going on. It's just a very slow shift to other names. Um, yeah, and mainly in the tech... Tech yeah, world. and and you know, and they're making lots of money on 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 that 
on that very antiquated system because that's the way you know and you can work very hard and rise up within that but you're not breaking it and doing anything new whereas you know you know you know there's music scenes where they do create a whole new supply system they are publishing their own music and and, and they are kind of broadcasting it on whether it be pirate radio or whether it be the gigs yeah. and the events that they're putting on and i mean there's always you know the indie indie kind of film that kind of pops up this year mm. but i would imagine that a lot of them have gone the festival route and they've just been the kind yeah. of talk of the fest a particular festival so and of course you get like you know um you know there has been episodes in film history where suddenly things have gone in fully independent and then the studios shit themselves and it's a bit like you know the hollywood new wave and when suddenly yeah. there was this 70s. kind of counterculture mm. going on and you know and it just completely pulled the rug from underneath the film industry but they quickly reassembled themselves and, and, and kind of tapped into it and started making counterculture films yeah. themselves. And like now you've got, it happened again in the 90s and because of that kind of swing, you now have major studios who have their indie label sister companies, you know, yeah. Fox Searchlight and or Searchlight, which is 20th Century Fox and many, many, many others. And they're making the kind of smaller budget, edgier, more complicated characters. Uh, and they're, so basically they're just, kind of having their hand in that market for people who want more interesting non-studio films but yeah. of course they are yeah it's an interesting debate so it'd be great to hear if anybody can think of yeah. any really good stories really good examples of of films that have, have kind of broken the mold in terms of distribution you know diy distribution uh using maybe the the sort of streamers or or in self-distribution I, th I think this whole area feels really sort of fruitful to com to have a conversation yeah. about listen to your um addiction track i think we should introduce that now i think are we going to listen to it okay so what we could maybe you want to do a little introduction this was you yeah. and chris right did this track so me and my music partner uh chris uh butterworth was a long friend and collaborator uh and a collaborator with mark and myself as well over the years sort of music and uh, Mark did visuals for our band, Big Hair, and we've just recently actually put, I put a new tune that. out. You never told me you were releasing something. It's an oldie, but a rework of an oh, oldie. Is it? Yeah, so an oldie. I thought, that God, we've... he's just dropping secret tracks like Barry. Yeah, dropping them, and it's quite. It sounds quite cool being released by a Swiss underground house label. So nice. you know, kind of not too bad. Still keeping my uh, hand still, in still a little bit. It. Still got it. Still got it. Still got it. Still got it. Yeah, raving from the shed. <laughs> Um, but uh, so yeah, you know, we used to run this record label, You Freaks, and um, uh, with along with Steve Stavino, who was your flatmate at one time. He was my flatmate, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, you know, we're still sort of always trying to sort of get something off the ground, but we all live in different places now. But uh, Chris uh, found this uh, this this relic, this piece of uh, oh, I would call it abstract audio art. Yeah. in some way so maybe we should have a little listen and, and see how, where it takes our listeners now hello we're here to help you off addiction relax don't do this while you're driving at work or operating complicated machinery like Printing presses, a lathe, or hairdryer. The best place to experience this is on a bed in a darkened room. The temperature should be 25 degrees. Turn your phone off. You've got a problem, a hindrance, a blockage on your life flow, a wall that you can't climb over for fear of being shot by the fear police. 
If this takes a hold, you fear you will slip off the skyscraper of confidence and fall headfirst into the mind maelstrom of addiction. Addiction! Don't worry, we're here to help you off. Breathe deeply in through your nose. And out through your left nostril. Then in through your mouth. And out of your right nostril. Feel yourself slip deeper, deeper. and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And deeper, 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 and deeper, 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 You are getting sleepy. Your body is losing all tension. Put your stress and strains into the skip down the road and phone the Thought Council and get them to pick it up next Tuesday afternoon if that's convenient. Addiction. Addiction. Smoking. Fags. Heroin. Cocaine, Visualize yourself picking up the pipe, fag, penis, dildo, chicken drumstick, needle. As you feel the pipe, fag, penis, dildo, chicken drumstick, needle, you begin to have a burning sensation in your hand. It smells really bad. You want to throw it away. It is repulsive. It makes you feel sick. Sick to the stomach. A bit of sick will come up, but you will swallow it not to make a mess on your bed. You are feeling positive without the pipe, fag, penis, dildo, chicken drumstick, needle. You feel you can face the day with confidence of being free of your addiction. Addiction! Addiction. Loved, devoted, fair, fishiona, freak, buff, nut, fiend, junk, bum, fanat, main, druggy, head, freak, kill, pop, dope, fiend, generate, dirty old man, sick. We hope you gained all you deserve from this experience. Look out for other Help You Off titles, including Being Fat, Fear of Flying, Get That Job, and Improve Your Golf Swings. Sayonara. 
wow so that was pretty pretty special there and i feel like i feel like i've shared a lot of my uh, vices through listening to that track hopefully it's cured a few people a few a few things that they previously may not have realized they were addicted to uh, and if you have any other addictions, maybe that, that uh, we could make episode two of that <laughs> 10 or so years later. Uh, but uh, yeah, we'd be we're interested to hear some audio driven audio, yeah. story, abstract or otherwise, um, com- you know, combined with our one minute film festival. So if people have got if people haven't quite got it in them to muster up the one minute film and we, we really are, are in our last week of the one minute film. We really festival, are, yeah. Uh, then maybe they can come up with some one-minute audio interestingness. Absolutely, and, may- a- and maybe they want to do a little DIY cinema cult uh, sting for us—a bit of music. We love acceptable. That. Yeah, yeah. You could—you've been hearing some of the new ones that we've been putting together with our friend Oz and myself and Mark. So. Um, we'd I, love to hear some other options if anybody. I feel got like any I want to share my um, "Vasectomy, Vasecto You" song while we're share, doing a bit of a sharing. Oh, sharing! Shall we play you that? Share it in public. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's play. This is a little song I I, uh, I wrote for for Debbie. It's a love song. This about, is a little song I wrote. This is a little song I wrote for Debbie. It's about vasectomies. <laughs> <laughs> vasectomy 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 you which i think um i think you'll agree uh it shows a little bit of what i'm capable of so any funders who want to get involved in routine <laughs> i think you can safely say that shows off some of my skills oh our show um, real pieces are all coming and out, i don't think it, there's too much of a leap in imagination to see how that could you know become a maybe feature film well it could vasectomy, be a- vasectomy you the feature <laughs> film <laughs> It's sort of over before you know it, really, isn't it? It's a little bit one-dimensional. <laughs> but I kind of see, I mean, that's obviously, I don't have the production skills that you do or Chris or ours as well, but I see that as kind of the demo. And yeah. maybe we could get some time in Abbey Road and get an orchestra. Yeah, well, it's probably empty at the moment. Yeah, and maybe a choir of children, ironically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a kid's choir. Well, none of them at school at the moment, so you no. know, we'd have to probably do it all over Zoom, though. Yeah. And we've all got a little bit sick of those beautiful, but maybe quite one too many choir films oh, my that have been Zoom released. Zoom choirs. Are, there's been, there's if now, I see another Zoom choir. There's now tutorials on how to do the edit of, a, of oh, Zoom choirs. Hell. It's quite amazing, isn't it? I got sick of Zoom choirs after the first week of lockdown. Yeah. I mean, it was the first one was amazing. Second one, you thought, okay, yeah, they've done what the other oh, lot they've done, done what the other lot did. And the third one, you thought, ah, oh. and actually, my daughter was even in one, and it was beautiful. I gotta say, it was lovely yeah. to see your daughter well, playing your along, anything, you good. know, playing cello along with with all the other kids. It was lovely, but it's become a bit of a thing now, isn't it? And maybe we, yeah. maybe that thing um, can go. Let's not do a Zoom choir, but maybe a choir, a kids choir would be good. Maybe a ki- a, a choir of. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, squirrels <laughs> I was going to say something he needs horrible. a little sleep he's a little tired I'm a little tired <laughs> I was going to say I was going to say like uh, <laughs> I was going to say a little choir of orphans but that's horrible well on that bombshell <laughs> a little oh. choir of orphans well oh. what a lovely idea well <laughs> I think we, 
<laughs> we may have come to the end of our, of our podcast in the, uh, the beautiful <laughs> surrounds of uh, a North London uh, view. Oh, and he needs a little bit of his afternoon nap earlier than expected. Yeah, I need my nap, nappy noonies. Um, mean, may need a little change and a little burp. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, but uh, it's been a great to meet up. It's and, been lovely, yeah. And uh, we will do, uh, well, we'll do a social one at some point. Now it's allowed as well. We could actually yeah. do kids and parks and, uh, you know, picnics and stuff like that. So that's all allowed now, isn't it? So, and hopefully by next episode, we'll have made a decision on the One Minute uh, Film Festival we winner. We will announce we'll, the winner. And we might get them on the show. Yeah, that'd be superb. We've had a load of brilliant entries and I think it's about time we, we kind of, yeah, we heard who was the who was the ultimate yeah. champion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's our own version of herd immunity, <laughs> making one-minute weirdnesses <laughs> to pollute the minds of the uh, the self-isolating world. But uh, I think everyone's done a lovely job, so we're, we're looking forward to speaking to whoever the winner is. All right, Mark. All right, Aaron. This nice has been one. lovely. It's been very nice indeed. We uh, are outdoors. We're back in real in, life. In real life, IRL. In 3D. Me. In 3D, yeah. <laughs> Oh, nice one, mate. Take care. See you later. See you later, listeners. Love you. Love you. on twitter at diy cinema cult or on instagram we are diy underscore cinema underscore cult seek out the diy cinema cult group on facebook or why not email us at diy cinema cult at gmail.com